Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Minutes with Mew presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri, joined alongside the one and only Scott Mutrin. You know him, Learfield, Boston College, silent reporter, the radio broadcast. Coming off a tough one for Boston College, loses 13-3 to to UConn. BC falls to 2-6 and on the year. Uh, before we get to Scott, let me just remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you got to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. Pre-game, post-game, on the road, it's your place to be, uh, the BC Football Gridiron Club. Okay, with that, we welcome in Scott Butrin. Uh Scott, 13-3, to big picture. Your thoughts on this one? Uh, obviously, no way to spin it. A, a tough loss to uh, the University of Connecticut. Yeah, and I'd say the biggest difference you would say, uh, you know, the, it just started right from the beginning. UConn came out first drive. BC looked like um, they weren't really ready for what UConn was trying to do offensively. They were coming off a of bye week, so they were able to make some, you know, some adjustments and maybe some trend breakers that BC had seen on film. And UConn goes right down and gets an early touchdown. And then in BC's first uh, offensive possession, they get stopped on fourth and one in their own territory, which leads to a field goal. And then the next possession is, uh, you know, an interception, which, you know, you can kind of view the fourth down stop as a turnover. So if you add to that, that's six turnovers in the game. And if you have, you know, six turnovers with the turnover on downs and then the five turnovers, like that's, you're not going to beat anybody uh, with, with that, uh, that many turnovers. And I think that was really, you know, the issue for the offense um, all day. Yeah, you said it right off the bat. You know, I was there at the game, and right before I even sat down, it was—I think it was seven nothing UConn. So, what was it? The first minute of the game, right off the bat. Yeah, UConn hit uh, BC with a couple misdirection plays and a couple pass. They came out throwing the ball, which was probably unexpected considering they only averaged about a hundred yards passing a game. So BC was probably geared up for the run. They hit a couple misdirection play action passes that uh, got some big chunk plays and. To the defense's credit, after you know, giving ten points up in the two possessions, they really, you know, held held serve the rest of the game. Um, they didn't allow UConn to really get much going offensively. But to UConn's credit, they were like they knew they had a lead and they were going to play very conservatively, um, running the football, using the play clock, shortening the game, not giving BC. Um, uh, you know, on defense, they didn't let BC get over the top with some big plays to Zay Flowers like they like to do. Uh, they really made BC you know, drive the length of the field. There was not a lot of short field opportunities for BC. And when, you know, you're an offense that's struggling like BC's is right now, the, the, the chances of going, you know, 70 to 85 yards to get scoring plays when you're not hitting big um, scoring drives when you're not hitting big plays. Um, look at the statistics. I think it's like a 24 percent chance to score it might even be less so um and then you add on the difficulties BC's having up front and um and I think that that really just they made it very very hard on BC 
um, to, to get going on anything offensively. And, so they had some success moving the ball. It's just you get you get turnovers, you get bad turnovers in, in certain parts of the field, and, and that just was is a recipe for disaster. Okay, as a former QB yourself, I always like to get your thoughts on Phil Jakovic. 12 of 19, 155 yards, uh, no TDs, two picks. Um, what's, what's going on there, you think? Obviously, he stepped out. I guess also, is he okay? And then Emmett Moorhead came in, 9 for 18, 104 yards, and he threw a pick as well. Just your, your thoughts on the QB play. Well, you know, I think, you know, Phil came out with an injury in the third quarter. It looked like a, a leg injury. Um, you don't like to speculate on that, but, uh, you know, they have a brace on. I don't know if he's going to be ready to go this week, but, you know, in the time he was in there, uh, you know, there were a couple good plays, but then the, you know, the interceptions, the uh, one in the second series where it's a tip ball. Over Jalen Gill's head that's intercepted. BC is able to weather that storm with a missed field goal. And actually, a really good play in the end zone by Jackson, who, who knocks the ball out, which will look like an apparent a touchdown, but he makes a great play to knock the ball out. Then the field goal's missed after that. Um, and then the other ones are, you know, it's 10 to 3. BC's driving in the red zone. They're on the six seven yard line and then you just try to force one over the top to Jalen Gill and that gets intercepted and that you know kills some momentum for you and uh UConn was making BC be boring and hit some underneath stuff and they they just didn't have enough consistency in that that kind of medium range passing game to to move the sticks and protect the quarterback and 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 that was really it they found some success running the football with Phil Dracovic at the beginning of the second half uh, then unfortunately he gets hurt, and then Moorhead comes in and had a couple good plays, and they hit a couple shorter, you know, passes that were able to to gain some yardage. But then you get a, you know, you get a fumble, you get another interception. It's just, you know, the turnovers just were were the worst part. And with the QBs, you know, accounting for those, you know, three of those two those turnovers, it's, um, you know, it's it's frustrating for them and disappointing, I'm sure. Um, it just needs to get better in some way, whether it's just consistency or, or just finding some ability to not turn the football over because that's the, the worst thing you could do when you're struggling on offense is give the other team the ball back because uh, it's just it's just not going to work. Uh, you, you need to <laughs> you really need to find ways to, to stay within the system and not make mistakes. What UConn did is they just didn't make any mistakes, and, and BC uh, BC made a lot of them. And then, you know, I've been asked this too. What do you think is the root of the problem on offense? Is it the offensive line, the running back, it's QB play? How, how would you define it as the result of putting up three points versus UConn? Um, I, I think you, you can't just single out one group. I think it's a combination of everything. Uh, I think UConn did a good job with mixing in some different pressures that caused some confusion up front. Um. They, they did a good job of not letting Zay Flowers beat them. They really keyed on him. He's obviously number one weapon on offense, so they needed to find some alternative weapons. Um, I, I think QB play, they're missing some guys that are open and, and not getting the, getting the ball out quick enough. Um, but that could also be design, right? So is that a, are you trying to push the ball down the field or are you, are you trying to give the quarterback some easy looks? Uh, to get the ball out quick and let the, the playmakers make some plays in space. So it's definitely not one group. That's the one thing is offense. It's like you can, you know, the naked eye says 
you know, some group is struggling with protection and stuff, but there's so much more that goes into it and putting uh, guys in the right spots um, to, to make some plays and then to, you know, for the guys to deliver once those plays, you know, present themselves. So it's literally, it's equally to blame across the board. I don't think anyone's spared, uh, <laughs> you know, spared any sort of, you know, criticism in this. It's, it's, it's literally, you know, the, the offense is a unit. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Okay, Scott. Before we put a bow tie on the UConn loss, uh, what was your take after the? Give us. You, we always like to get your insights post game. What was the mood like? Obviously not great, but any tidbits you could tell the fans what it was like uh, off after the game, off you know, on the sidelines, and uh, you know near the locker room for Boston College after the the tough loss. Well, UConn is very excited. You know, it's the first time BC's lost to a New England team. I think since nineteen seventy eight. Um, so they were they were pumped. I think you'd see the disappointment and frustration starting to boil over uh, for the Eagles. They had uh, thought what they had was a good plan, and and I think you would you would say that it was. Uh, they just didn't execute it the way that they intended to do it. With all those turnovers and everything, I think that's it, you wouldn't be human if you didn't think that there would be a level of frustration from from the team and from the players out there. It's just like. Uh, you're, you're, you try, you practice all week with the intention of executing and then to come into the game and just make all those mistakes, super frustrating. I, I know as a, as, a, as a former player, like you would be, you feel really good going into the week and then to have all those things go wrong, it it's definitely hurts your psyche a little bit. You're like, what what are we doing here? And a lot of you know self-reflection is required, required, but then you go, oh, great, now we have a game Friday night. We don't even get a full week to, to get ready for it. So you got to clear it. You got to come back in and keep preparing hard and keep looking at the film to, to identify the mistakes you made, why you made those mistakes, how to correct them, and then build from it. And then hopefully those mistakes don't happen again. Um, look for how teams are going to attack you. Look for how teams are, you know, what they're going to force you to do. And then you got to be able to, to make those adjustments. And I think the biggest thing BC needs to do is find some consistent form of running game because you know when you're last in the country and running the football teams know that they look at stats they look at film and they're gonna they're gonna you know go towards your weaknesses and when they when they do that it's um, you, you got to find the ways to to overcome those okay so do you as you mentioned scott duke friday night five and three the blue devils pretty good year uh it's gonna be a challenge at home a short week like you mentioned yeah, Duke coming off a bye week, I think at the you know he's got to love the schedule makers. I think they got three or four teams that they play coming off bye weeks. Um, yeah, it's always fun to have. So uh, you know, Duke Duke doesn't have a short week; they get a whole extra week and change um, to prepare for this. I think their quarterback Riley Leonard's playing well. They have some experience and depth up front that. Uh, you know, that, that has allowed them to protect the quarterback and run the football. Uh, Mike Elko is, done, is doing a very good job at Duke, getting these, uh, you know, this team ready. And defensively, they, you know, 
they're they're opportunistic. They've been you know turning their opponents over. I mean, Miami had eight turnovers versus Duke. Eight. <laughs> I mean, some teams don't go a year without eight turnovers, and you get eight in <laughs> the game. Um, that that's tough to do. They're you know they're a solid team. They they know who they are, and they um, you know they have some good parts and some good experience um, in key positions. And uh, they're going to be a team that's you know a little. You know, it's definitely more dynamic than UConn. I think they're a team that's not going to make a lot of mistakes, and they're a team that you need to um, you need to cause and force them into making some mistakes and bounce back and uh, and really just be ready to go on a you know on a night game at home. Okay, Scott. Before I let you go, just last last week we were talking about logistics. How did your day go before and after the game? How was the food scene in uh, East Hartford? Yeah. So. Uh... Drove down for the game in the morning. It was pretty nice, beautiful fall morning. Um, drive down to the game, got there, had some uh, a nice pregame spot with um, you know ESPN Hartford with uh, Bob Joyce, very nice guy. Did some some stuff there. Headed into the game, had some nice breakfast sandwiches for us, and then after the game, uh, I had some time before I had to get back to a football game, uh, back down here, a youth football game, and I <laughs> just goes to show you how the day went. I go and I hit some Frank Pepe's pizza and the GPS. I hit it in there. I'm driving there, making some phone calls, answering some text messages, and all of a sudden, as I'm just about to pull in, I look, and I pull into a middle school in in uh, <laughs> called Frank, Frank either Pinzani or per, something that was not Frank Pepe. Um, in... Uh, <laughs> In, uh, in in Connecticut, and I was very disappointed. And at that point, I just had to cut my losses and just start heading to the game. It was, uh, I think it was in Manchester. I thought the Frank Peppies was in Manchester. I probably hit the wrong button, but just kind of uh, when it rains, it pours kind of day. So I just cut my losses and uh, made the trek down to Bridgewater and uh, to, the, to the night lights game for uh, – seventh grade Norwell football team. So uh, that's uh, that's what I had to do. Yeah, it's too bad. You're probably really close because, you know, it is in Manchester as well. Jeez. Yeah, I know. I, I honestly think it was. But by that time, I was so frustrated and didn't want to just hit it back again. And who knows when it was going to hold me back and do some other stuff. So I just, uh, I cut my losses. Yeah, yeah. I just, man's got to know when he's defeated. And I was defeated at that point in time. So I just took the L and. Uh, moved on. No, that's funny. That's funny. Well, you're right. Friday will be here before we know it, Scott. Thank you so much for the time. We always appreciate it. Uh, let's, let's get a W. We need Without a doubt, Mike. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including... State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.